1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Please gamble responsibly. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Derek McInnes says Celtic failing to win another treble this season will be a disappointment. That's as St Mirren captain Stephen McGinn tips Lewis Morgan to go on and make an impact at the hoops in future campaigns. It's day four of our grassroots week that sees a focus on club academies. We speak exclusively to Rangers Youth Chief Craig Mulholland on Ross McCrory, Colt teams withdrawing from the Development League, Lewis Morgan and more. And in the second hour of tonight's show we'll be joined live in the studio by Hamilton Ackie's midfield Greg Doherty So lots and lots for us to get through this evening But as always we need you to get involved So it's 0141 951 1025 on the phones Or of course if you would rather tweet Then we are at Clyde SSB I'm joined tonight by Mark Wilson and Gordon DL We both well gentlemen? Yeah it's fine uh, A lot better than the other night Gordon When I was struggling with a real... Heavy He's not well every week I didn't even ask him for an update He's, he's updating the Glasgow in the West As if no, everyone's like, been really I'll worried like, about I've, him in I've the last received few a lot of uh, Well wishes Well wishes messages Asking uh-huh. how my wealth well, My wealth uh, My health is And uh, I'm just letting people know out there Is very concerned and uh, the good thing is, Gordon, you and I have actually already spent some time together today. We can't give too much away, but we were doing a bit of filming uh, mm. for um, for NL Leisure. It was a bit of a penalty shootout between you and I. Yeah. Um, obviously, with, with you being the professional footballer and me not, I, mean, I can't give too much away. But mm. obviously, you would expect you to win, wouldn't you? That, that that's that's all we can really say on it at the moment. Yeah, it depends on how you want to uh, make it exciting, Gordon. I think everybody expects me to win, obviously, being 20 no, you've, you've given too much away. Okay. Uh, I can sense your excuses coming. Anyway, back to the main <laughs> business 0141 951 1025 if you want to get your point across to the panel. I'm going to kick things off just by some comments uh, on the back pages of some of the morning papers. So it's come from Derek McInnes out in Dubai with Aberdeen, and he basically said Celtic are, in fact, I'll read the quote word for word. That helps, doesn't it? Celtic are so far ahead. Resources wise I think it would be seen As a disappointing campaign If they didn't win a treble To be honest So Celtic fans I'm keen to get Your um, opinions On what Derek McInnes Had to say He says it would be A disappointing campaign If Celtic didn't go on And win another treble Is that the way you feel Do you agree Or disagree Give us a call 01419511025 um, Mark I suppose You can certainly see Where he's coming from In terms of resources And so on Is it as simple mm. as that I don't think it's as simple as that Um of course you can see where he's coming from You know, Celtic miles ahead The money thing and all that However, it's incredibly hard To win a treble um, I experienced that when I was there And, you know, the teams I was in Had more money than uh, everyone in Scotland But it was very difficult um, And I think throughout history If you look at the amount of teams that have won a treble No matter how good they've been There's very few of them You know, so It's never as simple You can have an off day you know, and and the cup, and you know, and you're put out before you know it. So, I don't think it's as simple as just Celtic have got the most money, they've got the biggest squad. Well, they should just win every trophy that they enter. I think there's a lot of work, and I think Derek knows that. I, you know, I usually agree with with everything Derek usually says, um, but I, I don't agree with that one. Nonsense statement for me, Gordon. Um, no, I can understand what he's trying to say. But I don't agree with it because I think Mark touched on it. The league, yes, 
If he comes out and said that Celtic just now should win the league every year, yeah, I do agree with that. They've got the better squad, they've got the most money, they've got the biggest squad, and they've got the best squad. But to say to win a treble, um, no, I don't agree with that because we've all played in cup ties, we've all been to difficult away games, for instance. You go a goal down and you, you can batter a team and it's just not your day. And if you look throughout the years of the teams that have won cups, you know, the lower league teams, for instance, you need a bit of luck on the day. You need um, things to go your way. So, no, I think I think um, Derek's wrong in that statement. And plus, you look at last year's cup final, you only have to look at how Aberdeen played. And for a, a long period of, of that game, you thought, you know, this is this could go either way here. And it was only maybe Aberdeen running out of steam and Celtic's fitness kick, kicks in at the end that they got over the line. So it's not as simple again as so if if Derek gets to the the final with Aberdeen against Celtic, would he just say, "Oh well, Celtic should win this"? Of course, he would totally change his opinion um, off the back of what happened last year. Kevin is in Crawford. Hi, Kevin. How you doing, lads? Not bad. What's your point tonight, Kevin? Well, I think Derek McInnes does something about a total for a manager. It's won nothing in the game. Well, I mean, he has won. He has won the league cup. To be fair, um, just just in the interest of balance. Ronnie Dyler won the league cup. No, that's fine. Listen, I'm not necessarily disagreeing, Kevin. I just mean it's a bit unfair to say he's won nothing. That's all. Well, he, does, he talks about everybody else's team. I think he should focus on his own team for a wee while. Well, I think I think sometimes. I mean, to be fair, Gordon, on that you, point, you this is Aberdeen at the moment are Celtic's closest rivals. They were last mm-hmm. season in terms of the league position and so on. So it's it's, it's kind of natural to be asked about it. But I can also see where uh, where Kevin's coming. Yeah, from. and and everybody in the game. Of the same opinion Talk about your own team Concentrate on your own side And the results and everything But to be fair to Derek McInnes And all other managers You get into a press room And if there's nothing exciting happening A, a, a journalist And I'm not blaming journalists But journalists will throw you a, a, a little question about You know, maybe Celtic or Rangers Or whatever it may be And you're sitting there And you feel obliged just to answer the question He's come out with his opinion I don't think Derek's walking into a press conference Sitting down and saying Well, Celtic should win the treble And he's starting the conversation yes, as one comment amongst Yeah, exactly, others, exactly but... And it happens when you're in as a manager and you're in doing press conferences and you're right, Aberdeen is, you know, Celtic are, are, are on top of them. They're trying to get, you know, up there, try to challenge them, try to win cups and stuff like that. So it's always questions and it's this time of year, Gordon. We need something to talk about, you know, with the winter break. You, yeah, you're right. You wonder if Derek, I know he's in Dubai just now, if he's at, he'll be aware now, but when he, he held his conference... And he went away I wonder if he was aware That it would be blown into such a big thing Because Gordon's right Often you just You say these things And they come out Pretty quickly But journalists are just looking for that one line And that one headline Especially at this time of year To put right in the back page And it's a full talking point So you wonder If he If he grasps the significance Of what that what, Two second comment May have on on supporters around Scotland uh, So Kevin let, let me ask you then As a Celtic fan I'm trying to word this In a way that's not Completely obvious Because I'm sure If you didn't win a treble You, you would be disappointed that, that goes without saying But from what you Called up about then you, you wouldn't see it As a disappointment If Celtic failed to Land a treble this season then Well I'd, I'd be disappointed But Results happen in football You can't be determined You can't be What's the word I'm looking for You can't be Guaranteed 
to win a treble every year. It doesn't matter if you've got the biggest squad, the best squad. Fake results happen. Look at Bristol City beating Manchester United. Nobody would have predicted that. Um, again, let, let's try and, and and keep it balanced because I'm pretty sure um, most Celtic fans will sort of disagree with what Derek McInnes had to say there. Let, let's look a bit more at what maybe why he says it, Gordon, because I think it's undeniable. We know that Celtic have got by far the most resources, so we all we all think that Celtic should win every mm-hmm. domestic competition they enter. So is that not the same thing, or is it just to do with the wording? It's just to do with the wording. I don't think that uh, Celtic should win every competition they enter, Gordon. Uh, I certainly think at the beginning of the season when you look at what they're up against in the league, I do expect them to win the league. Um, I'll be a bit tighter this year, but I'm still very confident, as is all the Celtic supporters and probably you know, a lot of Aberdeen Rangers Hib supporters are, are looking at second spot that they will win the league. But Cups are different. Yeah, uh, yeah they've got the League Cup in the bag against Motherwell. Um, but the Scottish Cup can throw up a surprise and... You've still got to play a lot of good football. You've got to carry a little bit of luck to get that treble. And as Mark touched on, a lot. Of, it's, it's not every year teams just go out and win treble after treble because you've got the best squad and you've got the best players. So um, I think it's a very difficult job to win a treble. Over the course of the 38 games, you'd say Celtic. But say Celtic drew Hearts at Tynecastle. See, that was a cup game. You know when you go there and everybody, ah, oh, Celtic will run over the top and them. Hearts have got a few kids playing and a freak result like that can happen. So the Scottish Cup, totally different. Over the league campaign, yep, Celtic favourite should win it. But cups are, as Gordon says, totally different. Okay, thanks to Kevin in Croft Foot. Lots of tweets coming in about this. Jack McAnally says, a single deflection or a bad refereeing decision can change the result of an individual game. Everything needs to be perfect for a treble. It's why they are so rare. The captain says, McInnes said the same thing last year before the cup final. His attempt at mind games are pretty bad. Let's hear a bit from Stephen McGinn, shall we, the St Mirren captain, because he's tipping Lewis Morgan to go on and make an impact in Celtic's first team next season. Now, the buddy skipper knows more than most what the winger is capable of, and he fancies him to go and do the business in Scotland's top flight when his loan deal back in Paisley ends at the end of the season. Delighted that the club, I mean, the club could have made an extra couple of hundred grand off the, to, to let him go now, so uh, I'm delighted to let us have him for the rest of the season. And uh, I'm also, I mean, it isn't easy once you know you're, you're leaving, it can't be easy, especially for such a young player, but he's got better for us, um, he wants to leave us. Um, winning the league so I can I can only hold him in the highest regard for how he's been with us and um, and Saturday again it's, it's a really tough game physical game but uh, I know where, where he'll be at mentally he's wanted to do his best for St Mirren um, until the end of the season he's definitely his attributes he's got the whole package to go and go on to the next level I mean the hardest bit for them is you have to do it every week it's a club like Celtic you're, you're good proven internationals and you're competing with so it's how he handles all that once he gets there but in terms of ability um, that's not in question his abilities but some of the things he's done this deserves to be on a higher stage and bigger platform and um, really hope he goes and grabs it with both hands because I know he's more than capable of going producing Celtic we're obviously focusing on the championship this weekend as we were last weekend, folks. And that Lewis Morgan issue sort of covers both divisions at the moment, though. Mark, I wonder 
If Lewis Morgan trying to chase a title With St Mirren at the moment And listen I know it's a big step up to Celtic Before anyone says that And I know it's the championship compared to the top flight But do you think you can take anything from, from those experiences In terms of chasing a title this season And yep. he will hope going into a team Which will aim to chase a title next season Yeah I know it's different levels But I think you're totally right Mindset I, and I stuff think, like that yep, you, can, you can take a lot away from that um, it takes a lot to get a winning mentality You know, I'm playing a winning team And sometimes when your team's getting beat And you're that star attraction As Lewis Morgan is To drag them through And build up that yeah, Like you say, mindset that you're a winner And that's exactly what Celtic want When they sign players They want, you know, they want the package They want the ability and the attitude and that But it also helps if they've got guys that are winners Coming to the team Who know how to get the job done And if Lewis Morgan, you know, stays there and get St Mirren over the line Well I think he'll become a better player A more confident player And it'll put him in a better frame of mind When he goes to Celtic for pre-season Yeah I can't disagree with that I think that uh, going to Celtic um, Starting pre-season You've just come off of uh, winning the championship Still a long way to go So let's not get carried away here um, I'm sure a lot of confident St Mirren fans out there Playing some great stuff um, and he's a big part of that And he'll enjoy his football from now to the end of the season And if you go away in your holidays for a short break nowadays And you've got a championship medal You've had a great season You've signed with Celtic You can't wait to get back to pre-season And look forward to uh, performing for your new club, Gordon So you'll go to Celtic Park If they win the championship With a lot of confidence uh, a few tweets coming in about Derek McInnes GM28 says Treble and Cups are a bonus But the league is the number one priority for 10 in a row uh, GM's obviously a Celtic fan And Stephen Sinclair though He's hitting back as an Aberdeen fan After the six week media campaign To destabilise Aberdeen Derek was perfectly entitled to wind up other clubs So there we are John's in Paisley Hi John Good evening gentlemen uh, First of all I'd be glad that Nats and Ovals uh, Is getting better now So that's a good comment That's the first one I would like to see Yep well said around. John Wish him all the best, do you know what I mean? Hey, Mark, I heard you saying it was a freak draw with Hearts playing Celtic. It wasn't a freak draw. You know what I mean? That's your comment there. You said it was a freak draw with Hearts or Celtic. Don't say a freak result, no? No, it says a, a freak uh, result. No, you say a freak draw. You said draw. No, it says, maybe, a, said draw. maybe a slip of the tongue, John. Don't worry no, about it. Says if Celtic, I, I if Celtic drew, no, it says if Celtic drew Hearts in the round of the Cup, it, would be, it could be a freak result like the other week. And that's what I said, John. I think. No. Have you listened back? You listen back and on. All right, okay. No, oh, I, I, I think you're right, John. Nah, you're right, John. I'm with you. I wouldn't worry about it. I'm pretty sure Mark knows it wasn't a draw that day either way. So let's nah, let's. let's Is that four each that day, John? <laughs> nah, no chance. Nah, all right. No, Mark. See, when you played when Rangers were going for nine in a row, did we? Were we guaranteed the treble? Never. Never. Do you know what I'm saying? And a manager to come out with a statement like that, I hope it was tongue in cheek. To come out with that Because if he was to come to Ibrox And say that Then he would be Hung, down and quartered Do you not think so If he was to make that statement To be fair John I mean he didn't say A treble was guaranteed He just said he thought It would be a disappointing season For Celtic If they didn't do it Well Derek McKinnis played In the Rangers team And we never won the treble Every year So you know what I mean I can't understand Why he would come out With statements like that And it's my concern That it's a defeated attitude Whether they've got The top squad or not Cup games are one half And you're not guaranteed The treble you're no, do you know what I mean? And for him to come out and say, I, I just don't. I'm glad he's not Ibrox. That's what I'll say. I'm quite glad. The only thing is, John, would they would they come out with the statement? But I think I think this no. statement's getting blown out of proportion. I don't I don't think Derek McKinnis set out 
and his press conference to turn round and try and wind people up. I mean, listen, we we were not there, so we don't know the question he was asked. And he's perfectly within his rights to have his own opinion to say, well, Celtic have got the best squad and they will be disappointed if they don't win the treble. I don't know why we're blowing this out of proportion, but uh, I don't think he would have said that if he was the Rangers manager. No, and I hope I just hope it, it was a slip of the tongue or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like Mark made a slip of the tongue. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's not letting uh, you forget uh, about this, Mark. It's a slip of the tongue, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I don't think he would make that kind of comment if he was the Rangers manager. Do you know what I mean? And I think is what you said. Everybody's jumping in the bandwagon. But remember, oh, John, I mean, he could have been the Rangers manager and didn't want to be, so he can say what he wants, can he not? He can say what he wants. And do you know something? I was just thinking about this recently. Who's his first game when he comes back? Who's his first game, league game, when he comes back after the knock comes back? Go on, John. You tell us. Against us, Ibrox. Against Ibrox. You looking forward to that? Oh, you certainly are. Certainly are. If we can de- turn them over for a third time. Then it just proves a point. No, I mean, and with the signings we've got, the look could be could be two two totally kind of different teams in a, a different outlook within what, what was that Space maybe six, months, yeah, six yeah. weeks ago, seven weeks ago, and you look at it, the next game. Turnover of players, yeah, perhaps. Players, Aberdeen are signing Rangers as well. Yep. Okay, thanks to John in Paisley. Now, don't tell me that I don't make you good offers on this show. How do you fancy ditching those January blues and winning £2,000 in time for the weekend? I know this is the time of year everyone likes to splash out on a holiday or perhaps uh, just get a night out on the town. Well, £2,000 in time for the weekend could be yours if you enter Clyde One's 2K day. You could win two grand when the lines close tomorrow morning. Now, as always, you need to have a G, M, L, P, A, K, A, or F. K in your postcode and then very simply text the word yes to 61025 that's yes to 61025 a winner chosen at random when the lines close at 9am tomorrow now the texts do cost £1.50 T's and C's and online entry at Clyde1.com we're going to hear from Rangers Head of Academy Craig Mulholland next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com backing Scottish football all season long please gamble responsibly Mark Wilson and Gordon Diel here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Remember, a big focus on grassroots football and youth football this week, so plenty to come on that. So much so, in fact, I think we may have to kick it off a bit early. We're going to hear from the head of Rangers Academy, Craig Mulholland. He speaks to us about various subjects involving youth football at Ibrox and beyond. And in the second hour of tonight's show, we're joined by Hamilton Aki's midfielder, Greg Doherty, as well. So we'll get to all that very soon. But in the meantime, let's speak to Brian in Coatbridge. Hi, Brian. Hello there. What's your point tonight, Brian? Hi, just uh, hello to the panel. Hi, Brian. Uh, Brian. No, hi, fine, right here, guys. Yes, yeah, so talking good. about Eric McInnes coming out with uh, this uh, statement about the treble. I think he's just uh, quite right. I think he's, he's honest and he's actually telling the truth. You're a Celtic fan, Brian. Yeah, just for a bit of context. Aye, aye definitely. Aye, I think he's, he's just been honest as a manager and made up front. So, because, so, uh, so then you, you, you sorry, I, on you go. I, I think Celtic are actually going under Brendan Rodgers for a for a couple of years now. And I'm not saying they're going to win trebles for a couple of years, but I can see it. I can see it all unfold, not uh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, we should even just to say when Brendan Rodgers is there, Rangers will be always in their shadow. Well, they're in the shadow. You know what I mean? It's we're up there. We've got a break now. We're going to come back. Oh. Guns blazing. Well, I can see where Brian's coming from, Gordon, because most Celtic fans out there 
have been very confident over the last few months or the last sort of period since Brendan Rodgers came in. They won the treble last year, and many would. Mm. I suppose it just depends on your wording here because I'm not saying expect to win a treble. Maybe expect is a bit strong, but but Brian's actually on there as a Celtic fan saying I've actually no problem with Derek McInnes saying that because he he thinks Celtic will go on and win more trebles. Would it surprise me if they won another treble this year? No, because they've got the league cup in the bag. As far as I'm concerned, they've got the league in the bag. That's two. They've got the Scottish Cup. They've got a home ties breaking. Mm-hmm. So you'd uh, know they're suspected breaking, but you'd expect them to get by in that. And then depending on the draw, home and away. Uh, you'd expect Celtic to get to at least the latter stages of the Scottish Cup So they've got a great opportunity of winning another treble Nobody's denying that But to win another treble is, is very hard to do, Gordon And it just needs, as Mark touched on You can get a a real difficult tie And whether it be a Tynecastle, a Pataudry Going to Ibrox going, You know, a real difficult tie And have an off day And I think one of the, the, the guys touched on it. it could be a referee decision It could be a sending off It could be anything Gordon uh, So a win a treble is very very difficult But never say never Because as far as I'm concerned They're one cup away from doing it Yeah I think it diminishes it a wee bit How good winning a treble is When you say well Celtic should just win it You know they should just win it It's not like that And I'm pretty certain You know the Celtic players In Dubai just now Working hard And they'll think we've got a long way to go in the league Although we are probably Saying that they will win the league But they'll be professional enough To say we've still got a job to do And in the cup They'll be they'll be thinking exactly the same I know that for a fact And I know that they'll, they'll be confident in saying We're good enough to get to the latter stages Possibly the final But I don't think they'll ever be arrogant enough To say Oh this is another treble Back to back trebles We are heroes We are the best thing It's ever came uh, To Scottish football I don't think they'll be arrogant enough To say that It'll be hard work And I'm with Gordon If they win it I don't think we'll be surprised But It's very very difficult to do Do one Never mind two Two, two in a row Thanks to Brian and Coatbridge David's got it all figured out on Twitter He says Is Lewis Morgan allowed to face Celtic in the Scottish Cup Now he's a player on loan I'd love to see him score the winner against Aberdeen Just to help us win that treble Derek McInnes is on about St Mirren obviously playing Aberdeen In the next round of the Scottish Cup We look forward to that When those fixtures come around In the not too distant future Okay let's Kick off our grassroots section of the show a bit early tonight So I know lots of you have been getting in touch throughout the week The focus tonight is on club academies The way that our professional clubs uh, nurture young talent I'm sure lots of you have got thoughts on that So 01419511025 uh, to get in touch We're going to hear from Rangers Head of Academy Craig Mulholland He says Ross McCrory is the one at the moment Setting the example for other youngsters at the club to follow Now as part of uh, this week we've been out and about Speaking to various people And here's what Craig Mulholland had to say On the way things are working at Auchinhead how these days Craig thanks for joining us on Clyde One Super Scoreboard I suppose first of all give us a bit of a, a general oversight how would you assess the, the health of the Rangers Youth Academy at the moment well I think there's been a real transition over the last two or three years I think we had an acknowledgement that we had to change things quite radically I think as a country if you look at we've not qualified for a World Cup for 20 years I think the, the under 21s have not qualified for the European Championships since 1996 so I think the first thing is there needs to be a realisation that probably as a nation we've not been good at developing young talent so we had to then go and benchmark and see what other countries and clubs do who are good at that and, that, and for us that resulted in a real change in culture it changed a, a real change in playing style and also things like the amount of contact time that we have with our young players um, and the quality of staffing and the way we develop our staff. So there's been a real 
shift over the last three years at, at Rangers and I think as a consequence of that we're now getting to a place where we believe we've got a really good environment around about our players um, in terms of players coming through we knew that it would take us a couple of years to get to the point where we actually saw the, the green shoots from the work that we're doing and if you look at Ross McCrory now coming through at the first team and Jamie Burjones and others we think that's the start of it and underneath them we've got 26 youth internationals across our sort of 19s and 17s so if we can get the environment around them right then I think we're in pretty good shape for the next few years Is Ross the obvious example at the moment of you know what can be done in terms of breaking through to the first squad I'm sure there are others but I guess this season in particular he should be the, the example for anyone who's slightly um, further down the, the pecking order in terms of their development yeah, I think there's two aspects to that. I think, firstly, I, I don't go along with the notion that you're born in Scotland, that you can't be as good as any other player in, player in Spain, Belgium, Holland, whatever. If we get the environment right around these kids, they can be as good as these players. And I think we've shown that up to under 16, under 17, under 18 level. And if you look at Ross as an individual, Ross will tell you himself, as a younger player, he probably wasn't the most gifted or most talented. But what he has is a work ethic like you wouldn't believe. He, he's in here first thing in the morning. Even as he's went to the first team, he still does his uh, strength and conditioning sessions with academy coaches. Never missed a single session, even when he went to the first team. His attitude that he has is phenomenal. And I think for all the rest of the academy players, if you look at that drive and desire, the real growth mindset that he has, that's an inspiration for all of them. Would you also understand any fans out there who might say, great, Ross McCrory, but we should have had more through? 100%. That was why we changed everything. That was why, again, there was that realisation that, that we had to change. If you look at our academy, I think we had 11 or 12 full-time staff two or three years ago. The board of back, I think we've got 22 full-time staff now, something like that. We've got our uh, Beclair Schools programme. We were now getting 18 hours of contact time with the kids per week. So we had that discussion at one of the SFA meetings and somebody said, why do we need all these full-time staff in your academy? Because we're no longer three nights a week in a game on a Sunday. If you look at the top academies, the Ajaxes, the Sporting Lisbon, the Benficas, it runs from first thing in the morning till last thing at night, seven days a week, and that's why you need that level of staffing. You took quite the big step of withdrawing the under-20s from the Development League to embark on your own games programme. Um, I think, you know, at the time you explained the reasons, trying to create a sort of best v best culture, that sort of thing. How has that worked for you? Well, I think I think the, we, most of most of the feedback we've had has been really, really positive. External, there's been some criticism that it's not a competitive games programme. I think we would meet that head on by saying if you go and watch the development league in Scotland at the moment, and almost every academy director in the country will tell you that it really is quite a sterile environment. So what we wanted to create was an environment where our young players weren't facing a player who'll play in the Champions League for the first time when he plays in the Champions League. Let's face them at 17, 18, 19, 20. Um, and I think if you look at some of the games we've played, they've been so much more competitive than the games that we played in the Development League. The boys are expected to go and win the games. That bit will never change at Rangers. But what we have done is expose them to a style of play and a level of play that they wouldn't have got otherwise. If you look at the results so far, they've went and they've beat Benfica in Portugal. It's a great result. They've went and beat Mecklen. They've went and beat Brentford's B team. They've drawn with AZ Altmar. They've drawn with Man City. So what it's told me is, don't tell me young Scottish players can't compete at that level. They absolutely can. Our results have shown that. There's been a couple of nights that have been challenging and difficult and we wanted that. But I think if we get the environment right around these young players, then they'll become top, top players. But we can't, what we couldn't have done, and, and I, I hope this programme works, we don't, we don't know that, we want to try some innovation, something different, but we couldn't have kept making the same mistakes as we've made year after year after year in this country and expect to get a different output. We had to try something different because the 17 to 21 year old age group is the most critical age group if we're going to succeed. When do you reach a decision then, when you think you know if that's worked or not, i.e. next season, is it still something that you're going to keep going with? 
Well, I think there's two there's two aspects. We're evaluating it constantly. We're also looking at the moment about Colt teams and B teams, and we're doing a lot of work with SPFL and, and uh, teams in League Two and everything to see if that's a possibility because we need to find this balance between putting the best teams in Europe and the best players in Europe to push our Scottish players, but also making sure they're in that competitive environment and they've got a crowd and they've got an expectation to win that you would get from playing in league football in Scotland. So a combination of both would be our ideal. So you think that's possible, a sort of mixture, because I'm sure you can see this coming. If you then stop the games programme and go back to, to say, a Colt League, for instance, people would then turn around and say, what you know, what happened to this best v best idea? So would it still be a combination? Is that is that your ultimate aim? Yeah, 100%. Scotland's a nation. We must expose our best young players to the cross-border competition, different styles, different players. But we also must accept that we need to give them a really competitive environment. So so far this year, it's not just been playing Benfica, and then we've got Bayern Munich coming up, we've got PSG coming up. We've also went and played Cowdenbeath's first team. We went and played Berwick's first team. That was deliberate because it's a combination of men's football allied to that, and that's ultimately where we want to get to. Is it something you see happening in the near future? Yeah, I think I think there's real momentum for it. I think if you look at the German national A squad, for example, 84% of the players in there have played in a B team in their country at some point. Is the challenge getting... Our lower league clubs to buy into it, though. Do you see that perhaps being an obstacle? Yeah, but I think I think everyone's got to win out of it. So I think we've all got a responsibility to improve our national game. I think the second aspect is we need to make sure that the lower league clubs in Scotland get something from it as well, probably both financially and in a football sense. So it's got to be something that, that works for everybody. And I think working through the politics will happen. And I think that, I, just, I just feel in Scottish football just now, there's a real momentum for change that has probably never been before in my time in football. That, that actually everyone recognises where we are and recognises we need to change for the better. And I think if you look at the SFA performance schools, everything else, the quality of player coming out of that is better. We are good at 16, 17, but we need to make sure that bit between 17 and 21 is right. Otherwise, all that good work might be wasted. So that's part one of our interview with Craig Mulholland there. We'll bring you a bit more of that later on in the programme. But we're looking for your thoughts, opinions, experiences of the club academy system or the, the pro youth system as it was called previously. 0141 951 1025. This of course is part of our grassroots week during the winter break. We're trying to take a look at all aspects uh, below the professional level of Scottish football. Uh, Mark, give us a, a brief history. Don't tell us about all the players you played with. We'll be here till midnight. Um, <laughs> but give us a sort of um, your, your pathway if you like. Uh, what was your first boys club You're from, What area are you from again? Well I'm from uh, Bailison area So I was Wolves uh, Who played down at Carmyle um, so Long was about, travel up And then I went for 12 12 that was 13 Went to Dundee United Boys Club And then I went for the boys club At Dundee United Into the pro youth That that just came about At that age And uh, they took the best players Obviously for all the boys clubs And that was All the teams in the Premier League At that time and then played there a couple of years till I was 15 And then 15 Got offered the contract So pretty Pretty simple uh, You know progression uh, And that was even simpler Before my time And I don't know if it's got a wee bit complicated now With the You know the performance schools And then All the other bits in the, And the performance school boys go in Is it Three days a week I think some of them go in full time when they get I think to the final year, and it's on a case by case. So I don't, I don't know what's the best system, but that's that's the way I came through, um, and it's it just keeps it keeps but changing you, and but, evolving. But what you find, Gordon? Sorry, what you find, Mark? Is and we've got to be honest here. You can't blame them for trying because they're giving these kids every opportunity that we probably didn't. Well, especially I did. You you played with the boys' club and you hoped that there was a scout standing there in the rain on a Sunday. Fancied you picked you up And actually signed you for a club And then it was up to you To get in as an S for him And then progress from, from then 
But just now, you know, they give the, the kids every opportunity and you can't you can't fault them for trying. Uh, I'm keen to get you guys out there's thoughts on another subject that we mentioned in the interview there, this issue of Colt teams. Now it comes up a lot, but and this is don't worry if you know if you're not a Rangers fan, because this is clearly going to go more widespread than that, based on what, what Craig Mulholland was saying there. Uh, Gordon, he sounded well, optimistic certainly, confident maybe. That um, Colt teams is something that may come in in the future So that would perhaps be Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen Whoever else with a, a second team A Colt mm-hmm. team playing in Scotland's League 2 He sounds relatively confident Like I say that, that he thinks that's something that, that could happen in the near future It's something that's well talked about Gordon um, I mean I understand that League 2 chairman currently Are being asked to, you know, to think about it Yeah it'd be interesting to see Especially I think the League 2 um, You know board of directors would look at if you got Colt teams from, for instance, Celtic or Rangers, when they played, I think you get a decent crowd. Mm. I think you get people turning up and earning money on because the fans like to go, go along and see what the future is for the, 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 the likes of teams like the, the old firm. So it would be a sort of a financial one for them. Um, how you fit it in, if, if they win the league and all this. But uh, I think that, there's got to be a progression because I, I, I agree with Mark. I don't think that um, the youth football just now, uh, pro youth, I don't think that was a great success. Just, I think you've got to test yourself. Just on that Colt teams though, Gordon, would there have to be certain, and I'm sure this is all part of the discussion by the way, but would there have to be certain assurances in place for the League 2 chairman? Because let's be honest, if by inviting other teams into the league that makes, I don't know, Montrose or whoever else more likely to get relegated, then they're not probably not going to go for that are they there would have to be some sort of compromise in yeah, there yeah yes of course they've got to be um, but I think it would be it'd be good for for instance rather than playing under 20s development because you get to a stage in, in your development that you need tested you need to go the next step that's a big problem ok we'll bring you the second part of that Craig Mulholland interview after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com Download the app and score a tap-in. Please gamble responsibly. Uh, Mark Wilson and Gordon Dielen here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Remember, in the second hour of tonight's programme, we're joined by Hamilton Aki's midfielder, Greg Doherty. That's why we kick-started our grassroots discussion tonight a little bit early, because we've got so much to try and squeeze in. We'll hear another uh, part of that Craig Mulholland interview shortly, but I'm keen to take some calls as well. Davies and Partick. Hi, Davy. Hi, how's it going? You all right? Yes, you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, the point I was kind of trying to get across is, is like, like I see, I can kind of see like the grassroots from like, uh, like I'm a coach myself. I do like uh, the younger kids and stuff. And what I see a lot of is, is uh, the way kids are recruited for like the the club the academies. You mean? Yeah, for academies and not just academies. Like, like, like for any kind of football team at all, and it seems to be. There's a there's a, always a focus based on what kind of like the size and height of kids, and the problem that a lot of the, the the clubs are is you don't they don't mix the kids. You've got like an elite team, a team two and a team three, and I do believe that this does have a big impact on the amount of kids that actually play football because the teams aren't getting mixed, and to me it seems to me that the a lot of the coaches they focus on that strength and power. And when you try to play teams like, say, a, a Saturday morning, they, they set up their teams not to play football, but to just power you and to push your players into submission. 
Is, is this, David, just so, just so we're clear Do you mean this Like at boys club level You mean rather than A sort of club academy Like a you know professional club academy You just mean generally yeah. Your experiences yeah, at boys club I would, I would say at boys club, uh, uh, boys club level Yeah Yeah Mark, um, maybe that's something that um, I think going back a few years And in fact Funny, David should raise the point Because Craig Mulholland's going to explain a bit to us In the next part of the interview How certainly from his point of view Things have shifted a little bit In terms of What's been looked for in terms of that, you know, skill versus size sort of thing. Mm. Um, but do, do you recognise what what Davy's saying there? Because, like, every, you know, everyone who runs a football team probably wants to see them win, but sometimes maybe that comes at, at other costs. Well, look, I've, I must be honest here. I've not seen a lot of boys' club football um, recently, so I can't. You've got really... all that to look forward to, do you not? Know? Your young ones a bit younger yeah, than that. Yeah, a wee bit younger, I. But um, so I don't see a lot of it. So I can't. I can't really comment if if coaches are going for power. Um, over over skill and talent. Um, it'd be a shame if if that is the case, because like we see great players in the world and and some of our best players in Scotland aren't six foot six foot odds and you know built like they've just come out of gym. You know a lot of our, our guys are are built on on speed and and guile and skill, and it'd be a shame to see younger guys. Or younger kids not get the right opportunity just because they're small. But it doesn't. It doesn't help, uh, Mark. And I know that Gordon Sackins come out and explained yeah. his, his um, statement that he made about you know this, we need bigger players and stronger players. And I think it's it's been like that for years and years. Even when I was um, growing up and playing boys' club, the bigger and the stronger lads seem to get picked first because of their height and their strength. But I think that people are now starting to concentrate more in the, the skill factor of it we the development it. factor of it We'll hear a bit more from that in a second Lots of opinions coming in on Twitter Tam the Celt says I agree there should be Colt teams that start in League 2 These players will be playing regularly uh, Regular football at a difficult level Celtic Rangers, Hibs, Hearts etc Would bring good crowd It means more money Look at Spanish Colt and German Colts Both have won World Cups And John Hunter on a similar theme He says the Colt debate The Iron Brew Cup has under 23 teams currently Most Colt teams would be largely made up of youngsters Annan beat Celtic 4-1 this season With one or two getting to round 2 And the crowds were largely disappointing considering the team so a couple of different opinions on that one thanks to Davy and Partick for raising his point I'm going to bring you the second part of that interview with Craig Mulholland trying to speak generally about club academy systems not necessarily uh, about Rangers but we do kick off uh, with a topic that has been uh, in the news in the last week or so we had a situation last week of course where you know Lewis Morgan signed for Celtic he meets the press for the first time and talks about being released by Rangers now I know that was before your time at the club but Nevertheless, is, are instances like that still a bit of a frustration for you? I think I think that was partly why we, you know, had to change. We we knew that. I think I think our philosophy now is first and foremost the boys must be able to play. That's the first characteristic we look for. They must be able to look after the ball. If our game model is about a possession-based game model where we dominate the ball, first and foremost must be able to play. So size. Uh, physique, whatever else, won't necessarily be a key characteristic for our scouts when they're looking at the youngest age groups. We've got some exceptional talent in this academy who are small, small lads, but they'll be given time to go and blossom and develop, and we need to make sure it's right. And I think that's an education piece for all Scottish clubs. And if you look at the relative age effect and the impact of that, it used to be that I think in this academy, 75% of the kids were born on the first third of the year. It's mad. If you're a kid born in November, December, your chances of becoming a footballer are really slim. But the education, what we're now doing with the scouts, with the coaches, means that that's we're starting a much wider spread. I think every academy in the world wants to produce umpteen players for the first team. That you know that goes without saying. 
Rangers sort of has a, a unique set of pressures though with the expectation in Scotland and particularly at the moment with Celtic's domestic dominance and maybe a time when you know Rangers are not awash with money let's be honest to go and splash out in, in a way that they perhaps did in the past does that create an extra pressure for you to produce players that are going to go and impact the first team? No I don't think so I think I think at this club you've got to enjoy that pressure first and foremost I think if you look at the talent that we have here it's about believe come in here every day and believing that what you're doing is right it's about all our staff and we've got a lot of ex-Rangers players in here now in our staff that was the deliberate cultural decision that we made I think it's about making sure we get better every day and believing in what you do and there'll always be a lot of external noise at this club but if you know what you're doing is right you see kids improving and as I said to you I'm, I'm harping back to it but I think it is so important if we get the bit right between 17 and 21 and that's because people talk about reserve football and that was great if we could have reserve football again fantastic but I don't think we can get back to what we had then I was out in South Africa, just a quick story, I was out in South Africa and of course doing a, a session for South African coaches and Rangers were represented, Arsenal were represented, Sporting Lisbon and uh, F- uh, Fluminense from Brazil and of course the, the we, we all did presentations on our academy and the South African coach said, oh we'd love to get to that and I was quick to say to him, actually you don't need that because as we drove to the seminar you just saw kids in the street playing football everywhere, right? And it's great. In South Africa, or the African nations will produce good players as a consequence of that. Our issue is, as much as we'd love to go back to the days when kids were playing in the street, it's not going to happen now. So therefore, we need to look at Belgians, we need to look at Hollands, we need to look at other countries and replicate what they do with a structured bit. So years ago, people would have played in the street for 18 hours a week, easily, right? So we've got the Member Clare Academy now doing 18 hours a week. But the days of doing three nights a week in a game on a Sunday they're gone if we're serious about producing players because that's not going to work. We need to give them this wider, this wider and more structured environment to be playing my ball as often as they can. Uh, there we are. So Craig Mulholland talking about not only the Rangers Academy, Gordon, he made it wider as well. He said as far as he was concerned, he thinks there has been a shift across everyone. So we're talking about all teams here. We're, we're not focusing anywhere near as much uh, now on, on size and so on. And there is a, a bigger emphasis on technique. Whether that... The, the fruits of that, you know, will be, I guess, somewhere in the future. Um, but I suppose it sounds encouraging, and that's that's all we can really. That's the thing with youth development. We're going to have to wait a couple of years to see uh, how these practices work out. Yeah, and, and, and I said earlier, Gordon, I do applaud them for uh, trying. Um, it's all about technique now, um, modern day game, technique, speed. Uh, yes, some people say a good one, uh, a big one's better than a wee one. Well, I don't really believe in all all that <laughs> nonsense. But um, no, I'm looking forward to the the years coming because I think a lot of the clubs are actually working very hard to break. break. <laughs> You're having a bit of a difficulty there I'll just turn your mic off While you're in for a, a coughing fit Lots of opinions coming in on Twitter Richard Herry says The Pro Youth Academy system doesn't work He's not having it He says Continually taking boys from community clubs And throwing them out after six months The turnover's shocking It seems there's no commitment to develop And size does seem to be an issue And another tweet coming in from G He says It's good to hear coaches talking about the development of players Breath of fresh air Why don't we take a breath of our own? Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun. The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Remember, in the second hour of tonight's show, we're going to be joined by Hamilton Aki's midfielder Greg Doherty, a man who knows quite a lot about coming through an academy system and playing for a first team. And of course, I'm sure we'll check in with various things happening in his career at the moment as well. But before we do that, it's time to play Beat the Pundit. Mark Wilson and Gordon Dale are both standing by, and if you want to take them on, then now is your chance to pick up the phone dial 01419511025 and you could play beat the pundit after the news 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Bet and play and pull a result out of the bag. Please gamble responsibly. Gordon DL and Mark Wilson here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hamilton Aki's midfielder Greg Doherty has joined us in the studio, uh, so hopefully we'll get a nice insight into what's going on with him and his experiences coming up through a club academy system over the next hour or so. If you've got any questions, you know the phone number 01419511025, and we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. But before we do all that. Beat the pundits with goals in the Scottish Sun. The SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Okay, let's meet tonight's contestant, Craig Kelly from East Kilbride. How are you, Craig? Not bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Thanks. Fancying your chances tonight? Uh, hope so. Hope, hope so. so. I'm going to toss the coin anyway. Mark Wilson is heads. Gordon DL is tails. Let's see what we get here. Gordon Dale, the big spender, has given me a loan of a 20 pence piece for this. Uh, it's Tails, so it is Gordon Dale. Let me see. Oh, it's too late now. It is. Trust me, it's you. That was, uh, that was, that was. Let's give you some Clyde 2 in your ear so that you can't steal Craig's answers. And we will get the clock set up. Craig, I'm sure you're familiar, but just in case you're not, it's 30 seconds, head to head. You can pass. Here's your chance to beat the pundit, okay? Who does St Mirren face this Saturday? Falkirk's Ryan Blair is on loan from which English Premier League team? Wigan uh, Which country was New Rangers signing Sean Goss born in? Zimbabwe Which English League one side's badge features a hand gripping an iron beam? The question that is Pass In which year did Greg Doherty make his professional debut for Hamilton Ackies? 2015 And who will England face in their final friendlies before the World Cup? You can pick two teams Brazil Do you know what Craig? I'm going to say I'll be honest They're tough aren't they? They are tough Yeah brutal Absolutely brutal And I think the the guy who makes the questions up I think he's just having a mare this week Because we slagged them earlier in the week For making them too easy So I think he's just I think if Daz Daz gets one He's he's doing good I think He's had a head loss this guy And he's made them really difficult tonight Anyway let's uh, Let's bring Gordon Deal back I just gave Craig a minute there In case you're wondering What all the talking was I gave him extra time I know, I, I know you did okay. And Mark reckons I'll get nil So I'm, I'm quite up for this Right, you ready? Go <laughs> He sounds so enthusiastic doesn't he? Ready? Yeah, yeah go uh, Who does St Mirren face this Saturday? Dumbarton Falkirk's Ryan Blair Is on loan from which English Premier League team? Plymouth which country was New Rangers signing Sean Goss born in? I didn't realise Plymouth were in the English Premier League anyway. Oh, Premier League. Premier League um, Sean Goss, what country was he born in? Um, Australia. Which English League one side's badge features a hand gripping an iron beam? <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> Pass. Uh, in which year did Greg Doherty make his professional debut with Hamilton? Don't tell him, Greg. Hurry up. Guess a year. 2012. Okay. Uh, Craig, I'm sure you guessed it was never going to be a classic, but listening to Gordon, how do you think he fared? Uh, I think he'd done better than me, to be fair. I think he got it done Barton this weekend. It was uh, Inverness Cali last weekend for St Mirren, so I think that kind of wins it. In the most polite way possible, Craig, it wouldn't have been hard to do much better. Anyway, let's let's not spoil the, the, the scores. Let's go through them. Who do St Mirren face this Saturday? It is Dumbarton. So Gordon was right, Craig was wrong. Gordon goes into a 1 0 lead. Uh, after that, it sort of descended into farce. Falkirk's Ryan Blair is on loan from which English Premier League team? Uh, not Plymouth, would you believe? Sorry, I didn't um, listen to question. It's Swansea. Uh, which country was New Rangers signing Sean Goss born in? Mark, do you want to help these two out? South Africa. It was Germany. Uh, this is 
I don't know where he comes up with these questions. Which English League One side's badge features a hand gripping an iron beam? Give us a clue. No, I can't be bothered. It's Scunthorpe. So I've got no idea. Anyway, it's one 0 to Gordon DL at the moment. Next question: In which year did Greg Doherty make his professional debut with Hamilton? Greg, just want to lean into that mic and tell 12, us the sorry, correct 12. answer. Twenty thirteen is twenty. No, no, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. <laughs> There we are uh, And who will face England In their final friendlies Before the World Cup You had the choice Between Nigeria And Costa Rica So it was A forgettable One Was that win <laughs> For Gordon <laughs> Deere <laughs> One nil To the dance oh, wow. That's one the worst one I've heard Listen Arsenal fans have sang it for years That's my new theme tune <sighs> There we are Craig I can only apologise They were difficult questions But you both found them difficult And it was a one yep. nil defeat for you Thanks for taking part Thanks a lot, cheers right. Good man, that was Craig Kelly A uh, Celtic fan from East Coast 1-0 You have a word with him, Scunthorpe Who would have got that? Even Scunthorpe fans wouldn't have got yes, that Yes they would, behave yeah. yourself Anyway, I'm pleased to introduce Hamilton Aki's midfielder Greg Doherty Who has now joined us in the studio Greg, how are you? Are you well? Very well, thank you Good stuff, thanks for joining us tonight uh, Greg, as I'm sure you've heard We are taking a focus this week on, on youth football On grassroots football Talking about players in particular Who've come all the way through an academy system you're a great example of this I mean you've been at Hamilton Let me get this right Since you were 8 years old Yeah that's correct That's quite that's quite an innings Gordon Deal. That's I mean 8 until the age of yeah. You're 21 now that's, you've, you've squeezed a good few marriages Into that spell so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean That just shows you You have a lot to look forward to That just shows you uh, How long Greg has been a Hamilton Aki's player uh, Before we go back Greg and, and sort of look at that pathway Just bring us up to speed Tell us uh, how much you're enjoying your football at the moment Things been going fairly well I would imagine For Hamilton this season Yeah absolutely um, Loving it I think it's a great dressing room to be involved in uh, As you see our, our recent results have been good um, Our form's been decent towards the end of the year And long may it continue now, like I say, I want to take a bit of a trip down memory lane with you and look at this sort of uh, rise to, to the first team. So you join Hamilton Aki's as an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. At what point do you seriously start to think, right, that, you know, I want to be here, I want to play in this first team. Is it as an eight-year-old or is it a bit later on than that? Well, of course, as an eight-year-old, you're just wanting to play football. But what struck for me is um, the trial was on New Douglas Park, obviously a big stadium, and you're going from playing at Grass Park. I played um, down at the Recce and Oko Patrick, and then you go from that to a stadium and then it's funny your parents are there and all that you're clapping them at the end of it and it's, it's a bit bizarre but you can see the pathway is very clear and from the first evening I was in um, it was told straight away uh, kind of the head of youth at the time Frankie McAvoy hit the nail on the head and said uh, some of you will make it some of you won't but look, the pathway's here and then of course you can see the first team was littered with um, academy graduates at the time so it was very obvious where I wanted to go Hamilton obviously gets a very good reputation on the back of a, a number of things that the two Jameses get the headlight, mm-hmm. the headlines obviously McCarthy and MacArthur um, we know they're now going to be part of this elite band for, for Project Brave going forward from your experiences what is it about the environment that Hamilton creates that makes it such a, a clear pathway for players like yourself? Well it's a very family uh, orientated club I mean um, your parents are always involved in everything um, from the meetings and things like that and I remember I had a meeting at uh, under-13s and Billy Reid sat in at the meetings and he was uh, the manager at the time of the first team and he was just saying, obviously you stick with, uh, listen to what the coach were telling you at the time, again, it was George Cairns who's now the head of youth, um, they were saying, like, follow these guys and they'll get you into the first team and that's that's what's happened with me. And uh, But to have a first team manager at the time of 13, then it was kind of in awe of him and uh, you could see at that point McCarthy was just moving on and you could see it was just very exciting and you just want to get your head down and keep working. Mark Wilson, where's the balance here? Because Greg um, very honestly says that, you know, as an eight-year-old, he went in and he could 
Maybe a bit early to see a pathway as such But he could see uh, where he wanted to go And he ended up getting there And I suppose that that's admirable Admirable should I say What about the, the problem though Of the number of kids that go into club academies young And have unrealistic expectations That may well come from parents as well But you know, think first team naming lights All the rest of it And, and then it doesn't come How much of a problem is that From what you've seen Well it's a years? huge problem I think I think most of that does come from the parents If I'm totally honest I think when you see a lot of these young kids Going into academies at a young age um, I think you can tend to pick out the ones Who are fairly grounded And they've got a fairly grounded family behind them And I think you can pick out the ones that have been maybe told a lot of nonsense by their parents. Uh, you're you're at a football club now. You you've got a, a track suit. You look great. You're a footballer. I think you can pick them out right away. And I think if you look at the overall piece, the majority are a very high percentage of those boys are the ones that that never make it. It's the guys like like Greg who who are very grounded, who know they have to work hard, who know it's not going to be handed to them when they play it. Who end up playing You know Over 100 Premier League games And, and getting linked with moves Left right and centre Those are the guys that, that make it The young ones who are Who think they're A footballer Because they've got A, a tracksuit And a fancy pair of boots And play At a Premier League ground <clears throat> Fall by the way but I think I think Mark What helps And Greg touched on it Is The club that you turn up at yeah. With your, your yeah. parents yeah, Absolutely Because There's a guy that, That's now played In Hamilton's first team and he, he, he thinks back to his memories when he first walked in there and he touches on Billy Reid, for instance, first team manager, who shouldn't really be there, but shows that he's part of the club, shows that he's important. And plus the fact, you look at Hamilton Ackies and you think, well, if I do work hard here, the one thing you'll get is an opportunity at these clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen a, a hundred and you know young kids fall by the wayside. They've got a dream of going playing with Rangers, Celtic. And they never get, they never fulfil that dream. That's you know, Greg's walked into Hamilton Aki's nose. Look, I'm surrounded now by a club that want me. They want to look after me. If I work hard, I apply myself right, I'll get the opportunity, and that's what's happened. Um, Greg, I mean, you are. I should know this, but I think I was reading your appearance stats earlier on. Quite a fair number for for someone of your age. Do you know it exactly? I was going to say You've just yeah. passed a milestone of 100 um, So and by the way Listen for anyone listening I know that not every club can do this I know that's why uh, Hamilton in, in many ways uh, Works because it's a business model That allows them to Take chances on young players That other clubs couldn't accept all that But uh, Greg that must be A huge part of your development That you have managed to get That number of appearances Under your belt And you're only 21 yeah, 100%. Um, it, for me, it's about playing games. And I think if you look at um, any boys coming through, they're just desperate to play first-team games and nothing compares to that feeling of getting your when you start your first game and that first win, going home on a Saturday, knowing you've contributed. And just kind of when you take a wee moment to yourself, you can realise that you're now a first-team... Well, you're not now a first-team player, but you're on the right pathway. And if you keep doing what you're doing, then the sky's the limit. And, of course, with a bit of luck, and, I mean, football, you need a huge slice of luck, sorry. Um, uh, you can hopefully kick on and... Achieve what you want to achieve Because as part of this week Greg we're talking very much about You know all, all aspects of youth football Because we all love to see Young players coming up through clubs And performing there Or whether it be the national team Does it make you feel like You've got a, a Sort of extra special bond With the club An extra special bond With the supporters That that to me seems What, what fans love to see There you for instance Have been at Hamilton So you were 8 years old mm-hmm. And then at the end of last season You, you score the goal That keeps Hamilton 
in the top flight. I mean, that that must feel extra special when you have come through that system. Yeah, that was really special, and um, purely because obviously we finished the game one 0 and it was the game meant so much to everybody, and you could see the re- it was the relief as well. I mean, it was quite bizarre, obviously celebrating a <laughs> celebrating after the game because you're you're celebrating finishing second bottom ultimately, and it's not a place where you want to be. And uh, but like that's that's the position we were in, and we had to go and fight for our lives, and we dug in, and I think we deservedly came through the came through it on top and. When I scored that goal, I was, I've said a few times in a couple of interviews that I drove home myself that day and I put the radio on. It was an interview with myself, and I think it was with you guys, and it was just bizarre, just like thinking what I'd actually done and what we'd achieved, and knowing that you could just go and enjoy your summer and you could just relax and take a foot off the gas a wee bit. And it was an incredible feeling, and I've not experienced one like it. But it's kind of that that drive home for me was just like I want this so much more now. And uh, once I'd done that, and uh, yeah, my phone went non-stop as well. It was, <laughs> it was well, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So no, it was nice and all the, obviously all the nice messages and things like that and yeah, it just makes you want to work even harder. Great stuff, we'll keep tapping into Greg Doherty's experiences of coming through a club academy system. We'll ask him a bit more about what's going on in his career at the moment as well. But let's speak to John and Dennison. Hi John. Hi there, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, you? Uh, first, uh, not too bad, first time caller. Good to have you on, John. Um, obviously, I phoned up and what my point's about is Celtic have obviously signed Lewis Morgan um, just last week, and as a as a young player, he he came through uh, the Rangers academy, and he'd been there. I just listened to you saying there um, about obviously going to academies at eight years old and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now he'd been at Rangers from eight years old, and as you so obviously know that Rangers get relegated down to third division now. Lewis was there at that time and I felt that there was an opportunity for Rangers to be bringing through their younger players and giving them and blooding them and giving them a chance in the side. Now, Lewis wasn't the only one. Obviously, there's the shinies and things like that. But Lewis obviously felt that he had to go to another club to get to further his development and things like that. And he's obviously turned out to be you know, a bright young player and things like that. And so much so that Celtic have now decided to take a chance on him and sign him for them. And I just I know um, you had uh, Craig Mohand on speaking about changes to the Rangers Academy and things like that. I think ultimately it just comes down to the pressure of um, this, the fans' expectations that young players like Lewis don't get a shot to come through at a club like Rangers. You know, I think they just don't always look to buy rather than to to sort of to come from within. But latterly, we're seeing a few young players now coming into the Rangers side, and you know that they're the fruits of the academy. They show that it, it's not that it's not working. So there are players there, but it's just it comes down to letting letting them get a chance. And I feel that Lewis was probably an example of a player. He'd been there all his life And when we went down to the third division They could have given him a chance then Well I mean he would have been too young then Really John to impact the first team But I do take your point Um, Mark we heard Craig Mulholland there explaining uh, That you know looking back on it It was after Lewis Morgan sort of left Rangers That that's when the decision came to sort of change things Change their approach But this, this does go across the board And I've got a bit of sympathy here because we know that hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, are, I'm trying to think of other examples I mean, of Celtic let go of Andrew Robertson, didn't they? Um, you know, yeah. there, are, there are 
the game's littered with examples, and every now and then they, they sort of um, pop their head up and, and remind and you. Sometimes, of it. sometimes it could take a wee bit of time to develop. Sometimes it could take going to another club to to feel more comfortable or to stand out a wee bit more. So I understand that um, part of it. And Lewis Morgan may have fell into that bracket that he may have just not hit the heights at Rangers but as soon as he went to St Mirren he felt more valuable and I don't know but still I, I still ask, I agree with John to an extent about Rangers going back I, I, I've said it a, a number of times there was that opportunity there for them to use their academy and they chose not to do it they chose to to pay players astronomical amounts of money to play in the second division um, or the third division should I say so I, I, I feel there was a, a big opportunity for them to use it but but for whatever reason they didn't Just in the interest of balance there John though is there also a responsibility to the player and uh, for, for the player sorry to step up and, and make their chance count because and if you look back I'm trying to think of some of the names we saw come through and play for Rangers during that time uh, you know Ross Perry Chris Hegarty Crawford uh, Robbie Crawford Fraser Ayer Barry yeah, McKay so it's not quite accurate to say that, that Rangers didn't play any youth players during that spell, is it? No, and it's not It's not that they didn't play any of them. Um, there was obviously Cummings and stuff like that as well um, that they had in and around the fringe, but it was essentially, you know, there wasn't a, a sort of give it the time that it needed. Now, if you're talking about some of these academy players, they are, they're, they're excellent players, and they should be able to cope in the sub-division and the second division and things like that. By the time you start getting up into, obviously, the first division, the championship, it starts getting a bit more physical and things like that. That's obviously where um, the the fans' expectations, especially for Rangers, it was a case of they expected the Rangers would just rattle through the divisions and come straight back into the Premiership. Now, we know that that didn't happen. But going along that line, you, have, you know, there there was the opportunity there to build a young, strong team that could have, you know, gone on for a few years and essentially got to where they're at now. They could have been the spine of that team. You know, players like Barry Ferguson came in early, obviously exceptional talent and things like that, but they got their games, they got their playing time, and when they get that, they develop and they do, you know, they do become... Professional players. Okay, thanks very much to John in Dennis. And remember, Hamilton Aki's midfielder Greg Doherty is with us at the moment. It seems every day when I go on Twitter over the last couple of weeks, I am met with more speculation surrounding Greg Doherty. I might put him on the spot and ask him about that coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com backing Scottish football all season long. Please gamble responsibly. Mark Wilson and Gordon DL here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've also got a special guest this evening. Hamilton Aki's midfielder, Greg Doherty, is with us. If you've got any questions, then feel free 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Don't think that you two are off the hook on the full time teaser, though. We've got one sent in by Mr. John Smith. Ah, surprise. Excellent question from John. Uh, it, it goes as follows mm. Since 2000, mm-hmm. 12 pairs of brothers. Yeah. Have played in Scotland's top flight For the same club Ferguson's Name them Since 2000 Oh 2000 sorry Since 2000 12 pairs of brothers Have played in Scotland's top flight For the same club Name them he says, he says Note They don't need to have played together At the same time Caldwell No 
No. McKinn. See, Greg Doherty comes, well done, brings Greg. a bit of Greg, yes, intelligence sure. to proceedings, and we're yeah. off and running. Um, which McGinn's though? Mm-hmm. The brother McGinn's. <laughs> Stick with that one. I'll give you a clue. John right? and John and you've um, got two. Yeah, uh, St. Mirren. I'll cross right. them off twice because John and Stephen played Stephen. at St. Mirren, St. and Paul and Stephen played, played at Dundee. Dundee. So I'll yeah. give you that. So you're you're off and running. You've got two so far, and you've got ten more to go. <laughs> Mark Wilson I guess he's going to be not tough. looking oh, the, forward to this The Paisal twins Greg I'm going to have to politely ask you to be quiet in a second and stop. A minute. Uh, I thought he was involved yeah. He's the, here to give a helping hand guess. Yeah, but he's, got, he's got them all so far and you more, right? yeah, That's all I know no, so. yeah, Marco, Marco, Never mind and, Marco and Flavio Paisal yes. uh, Anyway Greg Like I said I know you, you expected me to put you on the spot Anyway Greg every day I open Twitter at the moment uh, I keep seeing speculation linking you uh, With Rangers primarily I also see teams like Cardiff mentioned in there as well what can you tell us nothing um, like there's at the minute it's just speculation that's all it is I haven't heard anything um, obviously I, I keep my friends keep me up posting things like that and people asking me all the time and yeah, my, uh, like I said it's been a bit crazy on social media and things like that And but look it's, it's nice I must be doing something good and if um, people are talking yeah, about exactly. it exactly so they're talking about it in a positive manner then that's good that's what you, you want it's coming through and but look, as I said, look, there's been nothing from Hamilton, so until that time, if that day ever comes, then I'm happy to just keep doing my job at Hamilton. Absolutely. Um, I wonder what it's like in, in this city, Greg, in particular, because I'm sure you've got loads of friends who probably support Rangers, but support other teams as well. Have you had a lot of people getting in touch, winding you up, asking you questions, pestering the life out of you like I'm doing right now? Yeah, it's, I mean, my, like I said, I mean, a few texts and things like that, and there was a weird story I heard yesterday from a close friend of mine. He was in, um, he was in a... In a in the steam room or something after he's swimming four four older guys came in and they oh yeah they were telling they were telling each other that yeah it was a done deal Greg had signed he was six foot four he was a prolific goal scorer he was this that and the next thing so it's you it's funny you. in that sense like you guys talking about it like that but like it's all part and parcel of it but like I'm just keep my head down and keep working away at Hamilton I was going to say you seem if you don't mind me saying the type who is pretty level headed and we don't have many twenty one year olds come on the show and, and handle themselves as well as you have but. I take it you will just kind of water off a duck's back type thing. Be able to just concentrate on your football when the season resumes. Yeah, my next focus is obviously Motherwell. Uh, we'll be on Saturday. That's the Scottish Cup's our next aim, and we're working away. We're back this week, and we've been working hard. And that's the game really. That's what everyone's focused on is at Hamilton, and there's no reason why mine shouldn't be like that either. Okay, Williams and Craig End on the phones. Hi, William. Hello. Good evening, guys. How you doing? Not Hi, bad, William. William. Yeah, it's just to talk about uh, academies. Uh, my, my biggest concern about the academies is, like, say, the, the news this week with Aberdeen and their, their new stadium. Uh, it's not getting through. And obviously the the Partick Thistle one, we've not heard uh, anything from it. It's the big news at the, the start of the season when uh, the Thistle the manager... training facility you were talking about, yeah. Aye, and I, I think that's the biggest... For me, that's, that's the biggest... Biggest thing in Scottish football, we need we need more professional clubs to have facilities, and that's the biggest thing. Before uh, uh, you can look at academies and everything else, and the infrastructure going down the way. And I, I would, I, I think, I think the the councils don't don't support uh, what clubs as our national sport. You know, I, I think it took Celtic about nine years to get their academy up and running. So I think, I think there's a bigger problem. There's a bigger problem. Uh, Especially for professional football clubs, 
to get these things in place. I mean that that covers a sort of widespread of things there, Mark. Because we're talking about you know Aberdeen's stadium. Mm. That's obviously at the very top level, and they have a stadium at the moment. They want to uh, move to a new one. Things are perhaps not moving as quickly as some people would like. Um, what is abundantly clear is. This is a, is, a, is a very complex issue Because uh, William's talking about Our councils helping clubs And I'm sure there are Various examples of, of when they do But then of course you, you, you strip below that To the, the kids level Grassroots level Looking about facilities For children and so on So what I've discovered this week If I could take one sort of Conclusion away from it Is there's no easy fix to all this It's, it's going to take a heck of a lot of people To pull in the same direction yeah. And you can understand Why that's not always easy Yeah you can understand it uh, Especially in, in current climates Where you know, all of us football people are saying councils should pour in their money to grassroots football and, you know, we should all be concentrating on football. And there's there's other problems going on in the world that, that you know, other people are struggling and people are saying, well, hold on, why are you putting money into a game when you could be helping other sectors that are, that are struggling also? So you're totally right. I would take a big push from a lot of people. And, and once again, it goes back to, it'll take a, a lot of years to see the... The end product If it does happen And it's about people Being patient also Because people Think it's going to be A quick fix This It's never going to be A quick fix It's going to be years Before we see any product Anything happening So It's it's going to be A lot of years of, of Scottish football fans And us on here Complaining about How we're not good enough Before we see any Any good coming us But Will the council Pour in money Where they could be Putting it to other Other sectors I don't know if they will The facilities is one That always comes up all the time I like this tweet From Inverclyde AFC I hope he's not This tweeter's not Just completely lifted the lid On something he shouldn't have He says Inverclyde Academy 3G Have cut open a hole in the fence To allow the kids on the park When it's not being used <laughs> <laughs> More should do the same That's back to the old days It's, a, it's certainly good. one solution I'm, I'm, I hope like I say Inverclyde AFC Hasn't given away any secrets there And we go back but tomorrow I, And that fence is I, Is patched I, up I think it was when Andy was in before Andy did say that a lot of the kids were priced out Andy McLaren was saying that A lot of the kids were priced out Of going to these These parts and playing Because they lock everything up And what used to be Your local grass pitch That you could go down With your mates And play Is not possible now Because they took them all away They made the master turf They fenced them You can't get in So You know Hearing that tweet Is, is quite encouraging don't know if it's legal or if it's, if it's proper, but, but, but it's quite good. But on the other side, Martin, I'll stick up for the council here. We were at North Lanarkshire today, Gordon, uh, obviously, and uh, I was speaking to one or two of the coaches there, and they put on a lot of free football for the kids mm. in these facilities and give them an opportunity. He was talking so, about Friday and Saturday so, nights yes. between the ages of 9 and 17, and anyone can go along and but play. So I, wait a minute, see that 9 and 17, the and they're putting it on. Now, that's I think that's great. You know, people are taking their time to do that. But is it are they are they coaching them? Are they because yeah, I think again, there's something about going with your mates and just playing and enjoying yeah, it. And I think that's free. what it is. More is along it, the lines so of what Andy McLaren was speaking about. Restricted, no, no. right? Okay. Well, I think that's important that they're allowed to go and express themselves the way they want, rather than have a coach say, "No, do it this way with your mates." You two progressing on the teaser at all? No, no more at all. Uh, where are now the go Hendersons? No, no, no. Ewan has never played a top flight game yet. What about the Suitors? Good shout from you See yes. the old Dundee United experience yeah, Is coming out there uh, John and Who Harry did get? John, John and, and Harry See, He doesn't even know who they are Oh no, I do Oh uh, for Dundee Billy, United. Billy King and his brother What's his brother's name? Has he got a brother? Billy Jean King um, Adam 
Adam King well Greg. done I'm, I'm going to ban Greg from this Seriously <laughs> Well done mate uh, Billy and Adam King At yeah. heart Well done You're actually doing not too bad We've got a few to get um, Greg I'm wanting to tap into your experiences A bit more in terms of, of how, how things are at the moment So you talked about being at Hamilton From an 8 year old And now you're very much You know a professional footballer That's your career We um, In this country I think we Give a bit of bad press at times to, to young footballers and say that they're, you know, more interested in in whatever you know, whether it's money or cars or women. Gordon DL can give us his opinion on that in a minute. Um, all the rest of it. I, I want to to try and get your experiences of what what has being a footballer involved for you now. You is is that all you think about? Are you one of these types that's got the head down all the time? What what do you do to to sort of get away from it all? Well, of course, I know. I think you've got to switch off. You've got to um, have your your time off and with your family, your friends, or whatever. And you've got to, you can't because you can't just think constant, constant. Your head will end up bursting. But um, like it, obviously, it does take over your life. Because like, if you have a bad game at the weekend or whatever, you, you don't stop thinking about it until the, the next game. You can maybe rectify it. So it's tough at times, but that's part and parcel of being a footballer, of course. And that's the life you want. That's so that you've just got to remember that's the life you've been born man since that's what I wanted I wanted to be a footballer so that's, if that comes with it then you've got to learn to deal with it now listen to this for a, not a lot of people know that story during my research for having Greg on and I'm not taking any credit for this because the credit really has to be all Greg's so correct me if I'm wrong but I understand that not only are you a talented footballer but you are some sort of school's running champion back in the day tell us this story emphasis, I like it emphasis on the was right, okay. yeah that was mm-hmm. quickly nipped in the bud that um, <laughs> Athletics environment wasn't one for me, unfortunately. Um, well, it was never. It just kind of came about. I think I was flung into it by my PE teacher at the time, and I progressed, and then ended up running them at the Olympic Stadium in London. And uh, before the Olympics, it was a bit, bit strange. It kind of was like, I don't know what's going on. Here. I just wanted to play football, and then the first time I turned up was in my Hamilton training kit, football socks on the lot, and it was just <laughs> these guys are all asking your PBs and what's not, and. Oh, who do you run with and all that? And you're like, they're doing their fancy warm ups and just doing the classic football stretching, pulling the quad and things like that. So it's, I was like, nah, this this isn't for me. I'm more of a team player kind of guy than more of an individual sport. I love that. So and we know what athletes are like, they're very dedicated. So they've got all the lycra on, yep. the spikes, Absolutely. the blocks, and you turn up at the Olympic Stadium in London <laughs> before the Olympics. Well, thankfully for the Olympics. Oh, by that point, had you been given some no, kit? No, right, okay. I'd been given kit at that point, but um, originally it was uh, the Hamilton training kit because I'd, tra- I'd had to do training later on that night, so usually I'd have to go straight there. <laughs> But like that was obviously it was a good learning experience for me. Um, so four hundred meters, that was your speciality. Is that what you said there? Yeah, yes. It what was, did your yeah. PB? <laughs> he still doesn't know. Oh, I don't know. Didn't take an interest. in that I just ran. Here's a question then What's more nerve-wracking Lining up in a relegation playoff for Hamilton Or running the 400 metres At the Olympic Stadium in London Relegation playoff 100% yeah, <laughs> I was hoping you would say that <laughs> Yeah, No doubt about that There we are That was a, a, like a I like that Hidden Olympic talents stadium. That's, that's good I like that yeah, when somebody comes on here CV. With a bit of a story to tell uh, Hidden <laughs> talents Brilliant uh, Stephen is in our draws And hi Stephen How you doing alright? Yeah good you Good to the panel. How you doing? Okay, Mark. Right, Gordon. Right, my point is basically it's going back to uh, the grassroots situation about uh, young players uh, growing up, going about Scotland, and basically how they could improve. Basically, Uh, Mark, Gordon, you're the expert of players. How hard would it have been for your parents uh, when you were younger to put you into a local boys' club when it was like sixty pound an hour to hire the pitch? How, how hard would it be for uh, I'm just talking about uh, There's talent out there Basically they don't even get an opportunity 
the other day and see mm-hmm. about Andy McLaren does. Andy McLaren's doing something that uh, our government, our, our nation should be taking exception. He's getting anti-social behaviour down in areas where there's a lot of crime. He's taking kids off the street. He's taking kids off the street to give them that opportunity to go and have a bit of fun. Kids can't even have fun because football's becoming expensive. So it is. It's becoming an absolute fortune. And you're saying about the council and that. You look abroad. You look at the best players in the world. John Ronaldo's your Messi's a lot of them. Do you honestly think their parents could have been like, ah, there's £5, £10 each week to go and play a football we're making it harder basically to produce talent because there's talent out there that's not even getting noticed because there's parents out there that can't afford to send their ways to football yeah I totally agree with that and I, I don't think that uh, in my day growing up we were very fortunate that uh, we used to sell these you know the cards and it was a couple of quid or whatever it may be at that time Gordon that would get your, your stuff and your kit and help with everything but we had a lot of good people they put a lot of time, effort into to working to try and give the kids the best opportunity. And I remember last year sitting in the studio with Andy McLaren and he, he, he had a real nerve when he said that we could be missing out on the next Kenny Dalglish for £5 a week because these kids can't afford yeah. to pay it. Um, but I don't know how we address that, uh, but it's guys like Andy McLaren that's doing all the work and helping. And and I think there's a lot of good people. stuff going on yeah, across yeah, the, the board. Um, Mark, I suppose, and this is because tonight we're talking about club academies in terms of whether it's Hamilton or Celtic or Rangers or Partick Thistle, Motherwell, whatever it may be, um, and I, I get the impression that they sometimes get a bad rap. And by the way, may well be deserving of it at times, but I suppose if, if it's cost you're talking about, that that's one thing that, that these academies don't they, they don't charge so and I yeah, know there's yeah, right. I know I know yeah. there's a lot of downsides don't get me wrong and, and people may feel that it gives unrealistic expectations to children um, but they're there no you're right they're there and it's a it's a sound uh, football environment to go into you know and like you're saying there it's, it's free of charge um, you're obviously picked to go in there you're the cream of the crop <laughs> at the the stage where you have probably been paying and they take these kids and try and get them a, a better football education so you're totally right sometimes they do get a hard time but you've got to look at the, the players that they do produce and maybe they'll not come through at their club but they, they then you know funnel down to the, the lower league clubs some of them um, so you're right they, they must take credit but the charging of football I was at the age where where we did get charged but it was just a small amount but all went back to the, the boys club where they would go on end of season trip or whatever now you're getting charged just for turning up and sometimes you see kids that don't even get a touch of the ball and they've paid their five or ten or whatever which is a lot of money for parents OK thanks to Stephen in our dross and I know some of you like to play along at home with the full time teaser so we're looking for since 2000 the 12 pairs of brothers who've played in Scotland's top flight for the same club but we had to kind of lump the McGinn's in there as mm. separate Paul and Stephen played together Stephen and John uh, we've got the Pai Chows we've got the Suitors and we've got the Kings Billy and Adam any more at the moment? I think I've got a cracker for you Jacobs <laughs> If you do say so no top no. flight no Tough like well, Young's, Young, Darren, oh, Darren Young, Derek yep. Young. Yeah, okay, aye. good one that. Well, remember, I'm 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 a slave to John Smith's list. So if there are any shirts inquiries, di- di- direct them to him. The Shinnies as well. Andrew and Graham played for Inverness. We'll get the answers to the full time oh. teaser coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Download the app and score a tap in. Please gamble responsibly.
into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I'm Gordon Duncan, Mark Wilson, and Gordon Dieller here, as is our special guest for the evening, Hamilton Aki's midfielder Greg Docherty. You've all been having a go at this full-time teaser since 2012. Pairs of brothers have played in Scotland's top flight for the same club. Can you name them? Did you get any more during that break? Yes, the Boers. Yeah, well, that was the easy one that I was waiting on you getting. Yeah. Okay. Any more? Has McCrory's not got a brother at Rangers? Yes, but he's not played mm. for the he first mi- team. No, not even. No, he's on loan at Berwick at the moment. So, well, he's playing so with not, Berwick uh, Rangers. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's a goalie somewhere. Is there not a goalie in no, uh, an outfield player? Is there? No, I wouldn't worry about goalies too oh, much. Right, okay, so you've got one, two, three, four sets of brothers to get. <laughs> four, four sets. I think some of them are. Quite tricky mm. Okay uh, Let's speak to Chris and Mary Hill Hi Chris How you doing guys? Good thanks you I'm not too bad um, I'm just wondering out about uh, Some of your early, earlier callers uh, Talking about the council And they don't do enough For uh, grassroots football um, I actually work I'm, I'm a manager within Glasgow City Council For uh, Glasgow Sport So I, I know direct I know at first hand How much things are mm-hmm. um, About the boys clubs The, the council don't do enough For boys clubs That's that's rubbish. Um, I, I know of. Boy, I can't tell you who they are, but I, I, I can. I can tell you there's at least four in my head just now. That if you're a registered boys club, uh, Glasgow Sport have have a policy aside that you can you can basically get a seven aside park for as little as sixteen pound seventy for an hour. Um, but what I, what's what I basically see myself as a lot of a lot of these teams. Uh, just off the top of my head, like how would then uh, Port United have now got their own parks? There is other other places within the city that they're, they're mm-hmm. building their own their own parks. What they do is they, they sublet their own parks and then use the council facilities. So they're making they'll they'll hire out their own park for maybe forty fifty pound to, to guys like me and you adults, but then they'll go and pay sixteen pound odds for a park within the council so they're making money all the time so to say that the, the council only doing enough and there's not enough money going to grass, grassroots is nonsense because I, I see it myself um, the, the prices did go up uh, maybe about eight years ago uh, they doubled just before the Commonwealth Games but that's another story but as I say there is facilities there for boys clubs it's just sometimes it can be abused but yeah, I think that's a fair point Chris because something that was always a danger when we have these discussions Mark was that you know that it can turn into what it's quite easy to say is councils aren't doing enough the government's not doing enough uh, the SFA aren't doing enough uh, the clubs aren't doing enough and so on it's quite easy to adopt a scattergun approach to blame and that's something that I, I tried to say a minute ago when Gordon mentioned the, the NL leisure example spoke about some other things I think it, it's also important and that's what we did try and do this week to acknowledge some of the good things that are going on yeah yeah, and it's good that Chris comes on and he, Gives us some he knowledge. works for the, the council and and that's all we ask for I mean we, we don't know really the ins and outs yet um, so if, if Chris who's You know Involved in that side of it And he knows the Some of the stats And some of the prices It's great that he comes on And, and you know Gives us those figures that uh, Guys can hire a pitch for What was it £16 Which is Which isn't a lot of money When you consider You've got a full group of players So If that's the case Good on him And it gives guys the opportunity Who are listening Listening to to go out and hire these facilities Thanks to Chris and Mary Hill for that call We do still have Greg Doherty with us Uh, Greg you mentioned uh, a moment or two ago That your next focus 
Despite all the speculation That's going on about your future You were focused on Motherwell In the, the Scottish Cup How much are you looking forward To the second half of the season Give us an insight Into what it's like At Hamilton Ackies Where every year You listen to folk on shows like this Saying Hamilton are favourites To go down And so on And so far Every year you manage To prove people wrong What's it, what's it like then That sort of Mentality that you've built up In the dressing room um, in the sense of the dressing room I think obviously we hear that And that gives kind of A bit of ammo for us We, we like to thrive on that of course But of course you, want, you don't want to just Continue to be that club That everybody puts you down And I think we've shown this year We're more than capable Of pulling off a good result And rightly so I think um, Obviously on two occasions We've had a couple of great results um, Away from home particularly And look and I, That's Long way that continue For us we like to, Like I say We thrive on people Writing you off And it kind of Feeds you a wee bit more To go on further And like I say, if you want to write us off, that's fine. But ultimately, it's us. It, us it, we're in, uh, it's in our own hands, really. Um, we go and do well. It's up to us. It's no doesn't matter what anyone else says. You can obviously you can take it on board or not. But it's up to us to go in the park and prove people wrong. What sort of mix have you got there in that dressing room? Because I know Hamilton in recent years famed for uh, giving young players like yourself mm-hmm. a chance. I know there are some other young boys. Um, Dougie Emery won't mind me saying he's no longer a young boy. And there are a few experienced heads in there as well. So what what's the blend like? Who are the the sort of characters that keep you all ticking over in there? Well, ironically, you say Dougie's not young, but he's probably in his head. He's youngest boy, along with Darian as well. Those two, there, um, they're they're the, probably the life and soul of the dressing room. In that sense, they're the one that gives a wee bit of a laugh. But like, it's a great dressing room. Obviously, like Michael Devlin's a captain when he's twenty four. Whatever, he's got a great head on his shoulders, very experienced. But I think, like you say, the other boys coming through, there is an endless line of boys coming through, particularly in my position, in the sense that I'm looking over the shoulder, over my shoulder, and you see there's boys. I, I think um, Lewis Ferguson got a mention this week. Um, Prospects and things like that And there's other guys in my position For example Ron Hughes And Ross Curringham He's in the bench every week as well And that's just to name a few I mean it's The list is ongoing And credit to Hamilton Credit to the staff And the coaches And also particularly Head of youth George Cairns He's just His uh, dedication He's 12 hours a, 7 days a week Mostly 12 hours a day as well It's a long shift and, But for him If we go and Play in the first team That's all the reward he wants And that's Yeah it's, can't, uh, can't thank him enough uh, just looking at the recent form it's, it's easy to understand why Greg and his teammates have had a, a bit of plaudits recently Mark because like we said every year we all did your predictions Greg these two I think tipped no Gordon no didn't. no never ever uh, I did I <laughs> tipped anyway, anyway. tipped your every I changed year. my mind now but it's a Sounds real sort great, of siege yeah. mentality they build up as Greg explains it does but it's the same every year with Hamilton and you know we're, we're always quick to give them credit though um, when, when they do well great close-knit club ran well good manager you know, solid foundation for young guys to come through, and it's great seeing the young guys coming through, thrown in and at the deep end, and it makes them better players. For it, you know, yeah. a lot of pressure on their shoulders. Good yeah. club, well-run club, great manager, and Mark Wilson tips them every year to get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg, just finally before we let you go, then I, I know very much short term your focus is naturally on Hamilton Ackies. Are you the type that, that sort of looks ahead and, and thinks about? You know where you want to go. I know you're part of the Scotland Under Twenty One squad. Is the, is the the full A squad very much an ambition of yours? Yeah, massively. That's that's been an ambition for me right from the start. I think I was always been a Scotland fan, going to all the games and like the buzz you get at Hamden. There's nothing quite like it, particularly if they get a win or the fans are behind them. It's incredible. So, like I'll obviously I'll always be in debt to Hamilton for the, the faith they've shown in me. Um, uh, it's credit to them they've stuck by me when things have been tough. And like you say, the media can sometimes go against them, but we're hopefully we're now coming out. Um, out the other side and we're becoming stronger and move on but like I say it's up to us on the pitch to go and keep proving people wrong and it's in our hands what we do this season and no I'm really looking forward to the second half of the season and of course you have ambitions I think as Hamilton would say they're first to tell you they're a, they're a club they want you to do well and then move you on of course And the, but 
until that time comes then you've just got to keep focusing on doing what you're doing and playing football Right let's round up this full time teaser then you're still looking for four sets of brothers who've played for the same top flight club in Scotland but not necessarily together any ideas? I'm obviously going to need to give you clues yeah. uh, Right okay McGowns Who? McGowns At which club? Was it St Myrna? It was neither Dundee <laughs> Hamilton Dundee United you mean? Dundee United The yeah, McGowans Yes well yeah. done You got the McGowans Ryan and Dylan um, Who else have that's we got? Uh, <laughs> oh sorry No that was Hearts It was Hearts Sorry Hearts I was going to say Dundee hearts. United uh, Anyway Never came across him There's another one Motherwell Brothers at Motherwell Yes The Lasleys <laughs> No <laughs> One of them also went To play for Rangers The other one didn't Oh for goodness sake Give us a clue both midfielders One ended up at Rangers With a bald head Oh um, 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 Quick um, Quick Nicky Law Nicky Law Nicky Law Josh Law uh, And the last two Where did Ross County play? Dingwalls Yes the Dingwalls. 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 Oh, That's right <laughs> And this ah. last The last one's an absolute stinker Their first names are Mark And Alan And they played for Hibs And I, I still don't think you'll get it Gives a clue one more clue do you need One's called Mark One's called Alan <laughs> I, I know the one initials it begins, it begins with D D Dixon Dixon no, Right no it's Dempsey Anyway right ah, So you, ne- you nearly got yeah. there With the help of some clues Thanks to Gordon DL And Mark Wilson For joining me in tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard A special thank you To Hamilton Aki's midfielder Greg Doherty We'll be back Friday night From 6 o'clock With Fraser Wishart And Derek Johnson One Super Scoreboard with Ladbrooks.com. Bet and play and pull a result out of the bag. Please gamble responsibly.